I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, how's it going? Very good, man. We uh, we had a productive week, and um, at, at, at one point I forgot to tell you this, but at one point uh, this week we had one hundred and like twenty uh, visitors to the podcast in one in one night. What? So Wait, are, which episode? Which episode was that? Well, none, none, none of the individual episodes got 120, but I'm just saying somebody must have found the podcast and ended up clicking on a bunch of things and uh, checking us out. So, wow. Uh, we are. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yes. And speaking of thank yous, so I, I went back and I did some research because I've been fascinated about the, uh, the surge in viewership for the show. So, the, the first week of September of 2020. This is some, so, good, this is some good news because I don't even know this. Go yes. on. So, so since the first week of September of this year, we had, we had 800 overall views at that, at that point in time. Since then, we've had almost a, almost 1,000 since that point. So this this show is really gaining traction thanks to uh, thanks to who, whoever found it recently because um, we were really going at a snail's pace for an extended period of time and then all of a sudden uh, we blew up like a like a Titanic movie in 1999. Titanic. So, oh, Titanic. Yeah. Are you talking about the movie? Yes. Actually, the movie came out in 97, but who's counting? <laughs> oh well. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was I was never really a big fan of that movie anyway. So you know, like, it's, I that, know. that that movie is totally fabricated. None of that is true. I mean, I, maybe some of them, some of it might be, but the main characters that Jack and uh, Rose were yeah. to- totally made up. Well, of course they were. It's Hollywood, bro. I mean, that shit. So it's like, uh, it's like, I mean, I already knew that, but um, but uh, that movie was just, uh, you, did you watch it? I, I saw it one time and, you know. And that was enough. Yeah, and it's funny because <laughs> because I'm, I'm I'm standing in line. I think I went to see it with my mom, right? So standing I'm, in line, you went to the theaters. I'm sorry. I know it's it was, it was just <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I was it was supposed to be a bonding experience for me and my mom, but whatever. So I'm, I'm, sta- yeah, that, I'm standing. That part, that part's cool, but I'm sorry they had to sit through three hours. Right. So I, I was sorry too. Believe you me, I got I got extra candy for this motherfucker. I assure you. Um, but um. But uh, I'm standing in line, and and, and for, I shouldn't I shouldn't known from that point on that I was fucked because in front of me was a large group of young women that had tissues at the ready. I'm like, and I heard someone say, "This is this is my third time seeing this movie," and I'm like, ah! <laughs> "No!" And, and 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 I bet and I bet you were like Jerry on Seinfeld. Okay, get yourself together. I don't know if we can be friends after this display. <laughs> crying over a movie. Exactly, because uh, I, I was just like, oh my god, you know. But um, 
but to my mom's credit, she was like, you know, that was not worth crying over. Like, <laughs> my mom's never been the dramatic type. Thank God. Right. It's just the no, whole I, I just found it important. And if you watch it on regular TV, it's four hours because of commercials. Well, and, and thank God That's I've never even been. worse. Thank God I've never been subjected to that. But before I um, but before I purchased Lord of the Rings on DVD, I, um, I had to sit through uh, through those movies with commercials numerous times. Oh, now I'm sure. So those are, you like you like those ones? Yes. So uh, you know, obviously we're gonna get to wrestling here in a minute, but I've I've always been a Lord of the Rings guy and a uh, a Harry Potter guy. Okay. And in the and and even though that these are not um, this next one isn't a movie. Um, in the last, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but uh, in the last decade, I've really been into um, the Legend of Drist series. Um, say it again. Uh, the Legend of Drift series. So, um, if you if you look that up, it's like uh, on the forty some books. On the fly research, folks. Yes, I, it's like forty some books, and I now have a tattoo based off of uh, the main character's pet astral panther. Now they did. They, they made it into a movie? No, no, no. This is just a series of books, but it, it's awesome if you're oh. interested in reading it. It's okay. like I said, it's like forty books or something like that. It's and thank God I, I made it through the first one because I didn't realize at the time that they were setting up this whole universe kind of thing. I kind of like uh, I kind of like books that like start out with a series like you have one you have number two you have number three yeah i mean and, and these come out in like different chronological orders and stuff but um if you're if you're into that definitely um like if you're into like fantasy f- fiction mm-hmm. definitely check that out for sure all right so what do you say we get into the week that was absolutely and i have to apologize to the fans uh, ahead of time because unfortunately what we just finished discussing and I would even put the Titanic ahead of WWE in terms of drawing my interest in terms of this week because holy god well come on Smackdown wasn't that wasn't bad though well outside of Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens it was outside of that but I'm saying like okay but, but we'll get into it we'll get into all that so right, right now we're yes. going to start off with Monday Night Raw. Thanks, Ben, for giving me the crappiest show of the week. To cover. <laughs> You're welcome. What the, what, what the fuck? This Stop show. Off my cap. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. Monday Night Raw. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go. <laughs> now look. Uh, At least you got to listen to Metallica before we started this. This is true. Our opening theme. <laughs> and, our, and oh, before we go on, did you get to listen to the closing theme? Yes, I did. What do you think uh, of that one? I, I really like that one. That, uh, is, it... that is Panic at the Disco. It's uh, from the movie The Greatest Show on Earth. 
Yes, I, I actually really, um, really like that one. So, uh, yeah, I, I sat through the entire uh, two-hour show from episode 100, and I, uh, I thought it came out very, very well. So I was very happy about that. That's so if you cheat plug time before we uh, we allow Elio to to descend into the suffering that is Monday Night Raw, if you have not checked out episode 100 from last week. I encourage you to uh, check that out. It's uh, posted and ready to go along with uh, 99 other episodes for your entertainment. And with that, we cordially welcome you to episode 101, where we take WWE back to the basics. Elio, take it away with Monday Night Raw. Oh, my God. This week begins with the worst segment (laughs) I've ever seen. What? 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 The Nightmare Before TLC. Kill kill me now. That's the title for the show. Right there. (laughs) (laughs) The the Nightmare Before before TLC Kill Me Now. Write that down, motherfucker. God, this was (laughs) bad. Can I just say, John Morrison does a terrible Drew McIntyre impression. Well, he's terrible at everything. He's not funny. I mean, no, I know, no, I know, I know. Between the Miz and Morrison, I'll take John Morrison because the Miz just sucks. Well, that that I agree with you. But from from like from like an in ring perspective, uh, John Morrison is very very good. But uh, I mean, I mean, very good. But he's not um, funny. Upset the ring. He's not funny. No, he no, he's not. And this. Uh, this partnership that um, that he has with the Miz should have ended in 2010. You know what I think? I think uh, this one is uh, hurting Morrison. I think they should break him off of, from the, from the Miz. Yeah, I mean it, it, it wouldn't hurt anything. I mean, um, I mean they've already destroyed Tag they, Team. They, 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 they already did it once when. Uh, when they had uh, one of those one of those stupid drafts where they drafted Morrison to the other show, and I think it was a Miz or Morrison that turned heel or something. Well, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe they'll get caught in the collateral damage because um, because I'm hearing that after uh, Monday Night Raw's historic ratings low uh, this past week, or I should say this week. Um, uh, Vince is planning to make some substantial changes to the show. So, why? Um, why? Stay away. You, you do more damage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, trust me. The last the last time you showed up on TV at at the Undertaker's farewell, he looked like the Crypt Keeper. Oh, I mean, shit. good lord. All right. Um, this was actually one of my highlights for Monday Night Raw with Sheamus and AJ Styles. Yes, that match was. Uh, that match may have been the only thing I actually watched because after that, I was like, I, I can't take this shit. Like Jeff Hardy and New Day versus the Hurt Business, I don't care. Lana, <clears throat> okay, Lana and Nia Jax. I have to say. After weeks of putting Lana through a table. Nine weeks total. After all those weeks. And then you have her face in Nia Jax. 
And then she wins, but is attacked by Sheena Baszler and double teamed by Nia Jackson, Sheena Baszler, until Asuka makes a save. Right. Now, Lana is out of TLC. I was expecting this to end that TLC with at least either Lana and Asuka winning the tag team championships or Lana versus Nia Jackson in the tables match. Yet, after nine weeks of being put through a table, we don't get anything now. Well, yeah, and, and usually, usually, Elio, I would criticize them for just dropping this long storyline thing. And, and to be honest with you, I do think that Lana is going to be on the pay-per-view in some capacity, whether that's to it. Whether that's to assist Asuka or not, I don't know. But I just don't see them dropping this long-term uh, thing after Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon have, seem- have seemingly become uh, obsessed with Lana in the last two months. Um, okay. But having said that, if, if miraculously one of those two men forgot about Lana and she wasn't on TLC uh, coming up in two nights, um, would I bitch about it? No, I would. I would consider that to be a uh, added bonus to a show that doesn't have much um, for me to get locked into. So, you know, the and and the thing is, um, you know, nothing about this uh, Lana storyline has captured my attention at all. You know, um, from what I've been reading, the intent. Of, of the storyline was to build up Lana as a sympathetic babyface. Um, to me, that wasn't accomplished at all because, uh, you know, she, all she did was look pathetic. That's not building someone up as a as a babyface. You have to have someone fight back against um, uh, against adversity to be uh, portrayed that way, and obviously uh, she wasn't. Now, is that is that Lana's fault? No, uh, none of none of the way that she has been booked has been Lana's fault. But the fact is, the fact of the matter is this: Lana should not have been booked in this capacity at all because she's not a wrestler. She never has been, and, and look, I'm not knocking Lana. Yeah, yeah. Do I think do I think she should be in the ring? Hell no. Uh, but that's that's because she's never she's never been in the ring. So it's like it, it would it, it it would be unfair of me and us to to blast her and try to compare her to an in ring competitor because she's not. Um, but. But then that begs the question, why was she put in this scenario to begin with? Because you, you, you know, okay, so, so let, just play devil's advocate with me for one second. Let's, let's assume that this whole Lana storyline with Nia Jax was, was not a thing, did not take place. Okay. What... What has Lana done in her career that would leave you to invest in her as a wrestler? Nothing. Ta-da. 
Th- that and that is all that we need to say about about Lionel. And and look, you know, you you can say you can say what you want about Lana. I am I a fan of hers? No. Uh, but that she seems like a she seems like a decent enough person outside of the ring. So I'm you know people get on her for you know being on social media and being with Rusev or whatever and and advertising some some things that maybe shouldn't have been advertised in the in the first place. I don't I don't know very much about that. That's just what I've heard. But I I don't go on her social media because quite frankly it's not my business anyway. Um, but you know, the, the bottom line is I'm not, I'm not emotionally invested enough in Lana to give a shit. And I was never going to be cause she's not a wrestler. So how she made it to this point, I don't know. Um, so the fact that I have to sit through, um, Lana segments combined with Nia Jax. I mean, and and that's that's the other thing, and, and then we'll move on. But I there's one more point I, I want to make here. So if you're going to try to build Lana as a credible um, wrestler after not being a wrestler for all the all the time that she's been on the roster since uh, Rusev came in, um you're not going to accomplish that very well with Nia Jax. Uh, because, look, N- Nia Jax um, is quite possibly the worst women's professional wrestler I have ever seen. And, um, I, I, and look, I, I'm not saying that to be a dick. I take no ple- I take no pleasure in in railing people to get attention in any in any capacity. I am just bluntly honest, and I call it how I see it. Um, and I have another example from from Monday Night Raw this week. Did you see the leg drop she hit on Lana? That was bad. That was. The shittiest leg drop I have ever seen oh in my, my entire goodness. life. Wow. And, you know, I tweeted about it because I was just so aghast. And I, I don't tweet about wrestling because, uh, you know, um, hardly at all. Um, because, you know, it, it, Twitter and wrestling is a combination <laughs> that doesn't mix. Unfortunately, I have to use it to publicize this podcast, um, and for that, it is an effective tool. Um, but um, God damn, you know, wrestle, wrestling and um, and social media—that's not a happy marriage. No. Um, and. Uh, much like Lana, Lana and Nia Jax is not a happy marriage because that's just a recipe for disaster on WWE television as we've seen for the last two months now. And I just, I don't give a fuck. 
And it gets, just keeps getting worse because now we have Elias who has been paired with Jackson Riker. Okay, that, that's, that's another thing. Okay. Oh my god. And first then, of all, and then, and then, hold on, before and again with this stupid 24-7. Well, who, who, first, first, first of all, that title needs to be burned, but I'm not going to go on another 24-7 championship rant because that would just add another 45 minutes to an hour to a show that doesn't need that. Um... <laughs> But let's let's talk about the combination of Elias and Jackson Riker. Okay, now obviously there's the controversy. But let's take this step by step. Number one, you debut this or uh, test out this theory on main, main event. event, which who watches main event? I don't. <laughs> and, uh, we, so, and, and here it's on right before uh, Raw. Is it, on, is it actually on TV? Yeah. Oh, holy fuck. It's on before Raw and after SmackDown. Oh, fuck me, senseless. Oh, you, you, you learn something new every week. I did not, I did not realize that I, because it doesn't air on TV in the U.S. And, although, uh, although, although I will say at this moment, I did watch it one time. They had Billy Kay versus Bianca Belair. That was a pretty good match. I enjoyed that one. Yes, because Bianca Belair had to win, and if she did, if she doesn't, I or if she didn't, I'm going to launch the most epic rant in the history of this. No, 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 she won. She won. I'm just saying. Very, very, very I, I, good, and you should be thanking me because I just saved my voice box from assaulting your eardrums. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, but um, but okay. So back to back to Elias and Jackson Riker. So the first problem is you debuted this gimmick on main event. No, nobody watches main event. No. All right. Uh, to my knowledge, we have not seen them on Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown since. Right. Uh, the third problem, and the biggest problem, is uh, for those of you that are unaware, um, Jackson Riker used to be in the Forgotten Sons, but he was pulled from television after making some uh, supportive comments toward uh, outgoing President uh, Donald Trump. Um, and because of that, he, because of, because of those comments uh, being uh, centered on Black Lives Matter, um, that pissed a lot of people off. Uh, so he, he was pulled from television and which, which always kind of surprised me because for for all of the for all of the heat that uh, Donald Trump uh, gets in WWE, um, you know, obviously WWE is run by one of uh, Trump's biggest supporters. So the the difference in um, political opinions in that company uh, is it, it, just absolutely shocking to me that, that so many. Um, wrestlers are so outspoken against Trump 
And, you know, look, I'm not getting political because everybody has their opinions and stuff, but I, I'm just I'm just surprised that um, that story caught as as much heat as as it did. Number one, because Jackson Riker is not a big star in WWE. And number two, because Vince is such a big supporter of of um, Donald Trump having uh, donated millions of dollars to his re-election campaign. So that whole thing just kind of confused me. But all of those things put together uh, do not equal success for Jack for Jackson Riker. But even even if you take all of that out of out of the playbook. Um, I think putting him with Elias uh, wouldn't, wouldn't have helped him anyway because Elias hasn't been relevant in two years. And he's being portrayed as the biggest uh, dumbass in the history of professional wrestling because he still believes that Jeff Hardy ran him over over the summer. I'm, I'm telling you, I think this guy really believe, actually believes that. And it's not, it's not a story to him. I think he actually believes it. Uh, oh well, God. Well, I hope I hope not. For, for, I know I hope not, but I'm saying like the, the way he's acting, I, he, like you don't know today, today, in today's WWE. Yeah, well, <laughs> which, uh, which, <laughs> if if he actually believes that 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 happened, uh, that's bad. Like he needs to separate yeah. the reality from uh, fantasy. That's weird. Well, regardless, regardless, somebody needs to um, forward him the memo and pull that from WWE television, which it seems, which it seems that now that they have have to do that since Jeff Hardy damn near killed himself with a swan because, time be, be, bomb be, on because, the, because on that, that uh, if if you remember that one uh, that one uh, part where uh, Hardy uh, confronted him in the locker room and like uh, put him up against the wall and repeatedly told him that he he didn't uh, run him over so even even though it yeah. uh, it, it looked real i mean uh, hardy uh, that was some bad acting either that was bad acting or like he he was like uh, really well yeah but then again then again most of wwe is bad acting these days but anyway uh, <laughs> uh let's move on we have, we have Keith Lee versus Miz and Morrison in a handicap match, and uh, Keith Lee losing to Miz and Morrison because apparently he's been sent back to the PC uh, center. Well, here's, here's, but here's the thing, the right? Center. So, but I I, th- I thought about this, right? So, so number one, we know that Keith Lee should not be getting treated like this, but the fact that he lost to the Miz and Morrison. Albeit in a handicap scenario, that doesn't that doesn't lead to good things for Keith Lee. Um, but the entire the entirety of his booking since he got called up has not you know has not translated. Why, 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 why are they sending him back to the performance center? I don't get it. I I really don't know. That's a that's a mystery to me. Um, he's, he's not a bad wrestler, so why would they send him back there? No, no, he, no, he's not. As a matter of fact, I he was one of my favorites in uh, NXT, and the fact that they have uh, destroyed him to this degree is absolutely ridiculous. 
So um, go, go and I, I, I really do think it's, it's symptomatic of WWE's long-term issues. But and then yeah, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought I thought they sent Otis uh, there back there as well, but we'll get to that. Yes, he um, but now he's saying that you know everybody trains there all the time. He had a he had an interview with uh, who I call Ryan Satan because he's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> oh geez, that's something I found the wrestling sheet or something. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he's he's terrible. He, he's absolutely atrocious. Um, but yeah, even um, even Otis was like, you know, he was probably in damage control mode because he said, I don't know where that story came from because everybody goes back and forth to the perform- performance center working on things all the time. So what, whatever that is. All right, next we had the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse, Ben. Um, this confuses the hell out of me. It was better. Uh, than, it was better. Than, it was better than last week. Uh, yes. Yeah, so although, although that's not uh, that's not a very high bar to surpass. Let's no. let's um, be honest. Um, but I am I am very confused because if you'll recall, uh. Bray Wyatt and uh, Randy Orton were playing an extended game of hide and seek this week, yep. which which ended in Randy Orton burning um, burning Bray in an equipment case, and then somehow uh, the fiend rose from the case like a phoenix from the ashes and choked um, Randy Orton out. Uh, and as a result, we are now having what is being coined a Firefly Inferno match. Oh, okay. Which, okay, okay. Um, what do you see here? Is it going to be a match or is it going to be one of those cinematic ones? Uh, to, to me, it would have to be cinematic. Okay, all right. Unless, unless they just do a... Uh, Straight, a straight up Inferno match, and then have the puppets involved. No Inferno match. I, I don't think they do an Inferno match in twenty twenty. That was more like in the mid two thousands. Well, the, the I, I believe I forget when the first one was. I I, I think it was like nineteen ninety eight. On uh, yeah, yeah, this. like like they they had those those types of matches like around there around the end of the Attitude Era. And then, then into the two thousands. But yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know how this is gonna work out. And either, either way, um, you know, it, it's all, it's already an overplayed concept because of how they ended Monday Night Raw on, um, on uh, Monday because. Bray Wyatt, because the fiend already survived the fire. So uh, unless, so unless you're now saying that Bray Wyatt is gonna be dead because he got burned and all that's left is a fiend, and even that's a stretch, uh, um, then none of this makes sense. So why are they having this match? Um, 
on Sunday because now we're we're no selling somebody getting burned to death. Yeah. Which I know which but I know Elio that wrestling is all about the suspension of disbelief. But I mean, good God, how I mean this is not the Undertaker here. How are you going to know Sal getting burned to death? Yeah. <laughs> so it just it makes the Fiend and Randy Orton uh, look even more stupid. Hey, then we had Rick Schaefer says, Mace, I don't care. Apparently, this is going to end when Rick Schaefer joins Retribution. Well, and, and all, all that that means, Elio, is that Ricochet is going to be even more dead on Monday Night Raw than he already is. <laughs> so if this means absolutely nothing. Uh, retribution means absolutely nothing. They and, are terrible. What is the, uh, retribution? This is this is this is this is the worst faction since the oddities, and at least the oddities were entertaining. Oh, hold on, hold on. They're the. Uh, there's also Apple, but that was a that was a one week thing. Yeah, that was one. Yeah, that's true. That was one. Yeah, uh, the oddities. Uh, they had they had their following, I suppose. But I mean, I mean, the retribution is just you know from that retribution has no one following them. <laughs> from the word go, retribution has been a, a disaster. And, um, you know, really, if you want to hear uh, a, a really good rant regarding retribution, uh, make sure you go back to episode 75, because we uh, we lit them on fire. You want to know how bad retribution is? They couldn't even figure out who to put in there. They had people, different people dressing up uh, every week until they finally made their final decision. Exactly. So it's like if, if you put a faction on TV where uh, where week one they had at least 12 people. Yeah. And now there are, now they were saying there were five core members, but there, there were always people around. And now it's just reduced to those, um, you know, four core members because, um, Mercedes Martinez got lucky and got bailed out of that. She 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 probably ran faster than Michael Jackson moonwalking through a wall. I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is just absolutely ridiculous. I cannot wait for this to die, and I cannot wait for Dominic Dijakovic to come back. Yeah, I, I actually liked him. I was yeah, I did too. Empty. Oh yeah, next we had Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler. I don't give a fuck. And the return of Mandy Rose. And, but, 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 but here's the thing. Here, Dana, Dana Brooke beat Shayna Baszler. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what world am I living in where Lana beats Nia Jax, Tina Brooke beats Shayna Baszler. What was going what on? Mean, you know, am I in the Twilight Zone? It's just, Look, it's you, just... you, can you see me right now? I don't even know what to do right now. <laughs> I have well, Ladies and gentlemen, Elio is is now rocking back and forth as if, as if he's in a catatonic stage. He, he, he looks like Jack Nicholson at the end of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, my God. 
Have you seen that movie? I love that. I've seen it. I've seen it like so many times. Yeah, I I I love that movie. Then um, we had Matt Riddle or Riddle versus MVP. I don't care. Oh fuck! You know now they're turning in. They're turning Matt Riddle into an absolute joke. And now we're we're left to suffer with bro nuts. <laughs> I can cry. What the fuck are they doing? So let's see. If I were if I were to have an encounter with uh, Matt Riddle and we started talking and I showed them my iPad, would it now be a bro pad? I guess. Oh my god! Like. Uh, Matt Riddle, and actually, you know what? You know what really annoys me? What's that? Okay, when he comes out to the ring, okay, he jumps in the, over the ropes, right? But then yeah. they do it in slow motion again. Yeah, it's really stupid. <laughs> like, why? Like, With the flip flops and shit. Yeah, like, why, why are you doing that in slow motion to show that he, like... Can uh, jump high? <laughs> Just okay. Um, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like what Elio. You know what it reminds me of. In all seriousness, it it reminds me of when when Braun Strowman does you know the the run fast around the ring like the oh, Strowman, yeah. the Strowman Express spot. It's like we must be reminded that this big gargantuan individual can run fast. Woo! It's the Strowman Express. He runs fast. Yay! Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just asinine. And the fact, the fact that they have reduced Matt Riddle to this. I shall not call him Riddle. Uh, it's Matt Riddle. The, yeah, the fact right. that they have reduced this guy, who I think could could be the face of the company in five, ten years, uh, you know, th- this is just, this is absurd. Then, I, then to close out the show, we have the championship cer- championship ceremony ascension or whatever. I don't know what. The championship ascension ceremony. Whatever. What, 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 what is the point of this? I don't understand. I don't know. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I really, I don't understand because I know they did this. No, I'm, I'm being serious too. I don't, I, I literally, I don't know. I, I really and, don't and know. The, but, but then, okay, I like AJ Styles promo, like Andrew. Then um, yeah. they, they, they played this music over him uh, as he can. But what if? You're not only facing me, and then Miss Morrison come out and attack McIntyre. Oh God! And where was Sheamus? I I don't know. I, no, I'm I saying don't know because he I'm was saying, there on SmackDown last week. I'm saying where where was Sheamus? He was on uh, this week. He was in the opening match. So where was he? How come he never came out to help Drew McIntyre? I don't know. Apparently, he was getting drunk on Guinness in the back. I, I you know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but that was money at Raw. This was just terrible from beginning to end. And uh, the only the only thing really is um, 
Ruff quickly gets tagged in, and um, and he he rallies after getting beat down by Johnny for a little bit, but then he attempts a, like a springboard somersault, and he landed terribly. I I, I thought he had really hurt himself there. Um, but then there was a blind tag, uh, and and Ruff took a drop kick and a slingshot spear before uh, going into commercial. And then we uh, we come we come back um, to uh, Johnny uh, escaping an armbar after a hot tag to Kushida. And uh, hold on, let me make sure I'm in the right spot here. Yes. So after after that escape, uh, he tags in Theory with that new with that new soft high five that they do, um, which is kind of funny. Um, and then appar- apparently Theory is a fan of Sami Zayn, as he has, he has commandeered the Blue Thunder Bomb. As he hits one on uh, Ruff for a two count, um, and uh, after after that, um, we get we get Theory laid out with a fastball punch and a super kick. I think that was from Kushida. Uh, Johnny goes for a dive, but is nearly rolled up. Uh, Ruff avoids a kick. And hits another super kick. Apparently, they've been watching the. Apparently, they've been watching the Young Bucks on, on uh, AEW because this super kick spot is so drastically overdone. I'm just so tired of it. Um, but the match finally ends uh, when the- when Theory um, hits this new spinning finisher. I I can't even describe it to you because. It was just so cool looking and so unique. I, I, um, you'll have to go back and take a look at it and let me know how, how you feel okay. about it because I really enjoyed it. But, uh, like I said, I probably didn't do too good of a match, too good of a job breaking down that match because I typically don't do that. But, um, I'm just looking at my note, at my notes here as we go down. So, um, my apologies. Um, but, uh, this was a really good match, and um, you know, it, if uh, if you didn't see that, then I this is one of the matches I recommend you go back and take a look at. And this this was one of two really good matches on the show, okay. as you see. Actually, one of three, if if I'm being honest, because uh, Tommaso Ciampa wrestled Tyler Rust, the former Rust Rust Tyler. So he um, he got his name just flipped around with a T added to it. So that was kind of weird. Um, but originally, when I saw this, I'm like, okay, well, this is just going to be a Champa squash match. No, that's not what this was at all. Um, Russ Taylor had a really good showing. I mean, to the point where I'm like, what what the hell? You know, did I miss something? Because this was. This was Russ Tyler's de- or debut, or Tyler Tyler Russ's debut on NXT, and you know, of course, when you put him in the ring with Tommaso Ciampa, 
anyone with half a brain cell is going to think is going to be a squash match. But no, uh, this this guy, this guy is going to be a big star if this match is any indication. Because holy shit, um, it was a, it was a very good um, back and forth match. Uh, and then uh, Champa Champa eventually turned the corner permanently and and wins with the widow's bell, which which. Is, is pretty much another version of Randy Orton scraping DDT. Um, but I, I like this one better because it just, it looks more deadly. Like, oh, come oh. on, man. This, yeah. uh, uh, Rust, uh, Tyler Rust, uh, no, not recognize his name. He was in our wage, uh, in August of this year. They, cause our wage was doing that pure, uh, championship tournament. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so so he's he's brand new to, to yeah. NXT. So he, like he was he was one of the guys in the in that tournament in ROH. Okay, cool. On the fly research, ladies and gentlemen, it's our speciality this evening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, I was I was very invested in that match, and uh, I I would love to see more from Russ Tyler because he really. Uh, he really surprised a lot of people. And, um, and in addition to that, he was uh, in a WWE previously in a 2019 on 205 Live. Well, well, he got drastically upgraded from last year. My God, 2020 turned out well for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to see. Um, another factor in this match um, that was worth mentioning was um, Tyler Rust was one of um, was one of um, uh, what's it was it was his name Tim- Timothy Thatcher. Um, he was one of uh, Timothy Thatcher's students in the in those Thatch Thatch can promos. Oh, okay. So so um, Thatcher was at ringside. Um, he was invited by. Uh, by Shanta, who actually had a chair set up for him, uh, he did not sit. But th- they had a they had a confrontation and was eventually kicked out by the ref. But it, it, it's just, it's very interesting that uh, it was a very interesting confrontation, and th- this could go somewhere. Like I said, I see big things for Russ in the future if this is any indication. Um, after that, we have. Grizzled Young Veterans and Karrion Cross, Big Knees. Cross is coming back tonight. I'm so happy I can jump for joy. And I'm wheelchairs and jumping don't mix. I'm, I'm, unless you're jumping off ramps in the back of your high school at a breakneck speed, which I've done before. Which, uh, which thankfully ended ended without me suffering any broken bones. So I was very thankful. What's wrong with you? I, I, I'm a wildcat, baby. Some, you know, some, some things never die. I, I still, I, I still am a wildcat. Actually, right. when I, actually, when I was a little kid, I used to, I used to flip backwards off my elevated couch, like just for fun. It was like my finisher. So I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I, actually, another, another thing I used to do is I used to do like back flips or no front flips off the back of my walker on the pavement, 
in uh, re at recess. What is going on right now? <laughs> this is a uh, this is an entertaining sidebar here on the PNC Progression Wrestling podcast. But anyway, uh, up next um, we have a match that really stole the show, and in my opinion, um, is going to be a contender for match of the year. Across all three brands. They gave this one 22 minutes. Holy geez. Wow. Well, well, and every single bit of it was worth it. Um, I hesitate to even review it because I feel like I can't do it justice. So I will just say this. If you watch one wrestling match this week, meaning next week by the time this comes out, it's Friday night. Um, Go back and take a look at the at the num at the NXT number one contender title match between Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne, um, where Kyle O'Reilly secured a second opportunity against Finn Balor at New Year's Evil um, in three weeks. It, this was fantastic uh, to the point where I actually thought that this should end the night, uh, but for uh, for some reason, it w- it wasn't even close to the to the end of the night, um, which was really odd because that was like the, the, they kept putting it over as um, as a takeover worthy main event, which it absolutely was. And just to be uh, randomly on the middle of the show, not even in an NXT TV main event, was really uh, random and and honestly like a missed opportunity there. Um. The, ne- the next match we had was uh, Indy Hartwell versus Shazi Blackheart. Uh, this was really bad. This was, I think that this was the worst outing involving Indy Hartwell that I have ever seen. That was just terrible. Uh, well, that's why it was bad. I mean, Indy, Indy Hartwell. I, I, I'm not a fan of Indy Hartwell. Well, no, and to be fair, I haven't really seen her in the ring that much, but if, if that's going to be my indication as the talent level of Indy Hartwell, I'm not sold, to say the very least. She lost to Sheena Baszler. <laughs> well, I, everybody lost to Sheena Baszler. I mean, Jesus. Because believe it, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Sheena Baszler used to be a killer on NXT, but now she's losing to the likes of Lana and Dana Brooke on Monday Night Raw. T- tells you tells you all you need to know about the booking of Monday Night Raw and uh, the talent level of the executives at the top and, and their ability to recognize talent. It sucks ass. Um, let's see. Uh, speaking of another uh, rare miss, I didn't like uh, Rhea Ripley versus Tony, Tony Storm either. Oh, really? Um, which which pains me to say because I am a massive fan of both of these ladies. Because they had they had a great match in in NXT UK. They they had a great feud there. Well, yeah, and you know, and they highlight and they highlighted that in video pack in a video package earlier in the evening. Um, and I was I was very much looking forward to it. And I ended up turning it up turning it off in the middle of the match because. It just wasn't landing. Um, 
I think you missed some matches before that, though. Uh, which one? Which one? Oh, oh yes, the squash match between Kenny Cross and the and the former uh, uh, Devin Dejanay, who's now uh, Desmond Troy. Well, a name change didn't improve his chances against Kenny and Cross. I, I believe this is the. I believe this is the second time that this gentleman has had the misfortune of crossing paths with Cross. They changed his name. Denzel Desjardins. They changed his name. Yeah. Um, Den, that's right, Denzel. I said Devin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But either, either way, a name change didn't change his luck from one match to the other because, my God. Uh, Carrying Cross just looks like a murderer, and I love every single aspect of his presentation. Well, I, I think I think this was the right uh, the right uh, kind of match for him, like to like because he's just making his comeback. So you would have to have him like squash his his opponent the first week back. Well, absolutely. Um, but over, overall, this was a very good show. Um, with uh, with some rare missteps by the main event talent, but uh, but I'll tell you what, if it was just um, Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne, and you'd have just given me that for an hour, I would have been happy as fuck. Because that, that match was tremendous. So for you, I think they should have... Um flipped it around and put that match in the main event and put Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley in the Pete Dunne and Kyle Riley spot. Absolutely. Without question. All right. So that is our NXT review. We'll, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with the final two shows and then our re- preview for TLC on Sunday night. And then we're done for the week. Yes. All right, fans, we're back, and uh, we're going to get into our review of AEW. Ben, I have to ask you, what you think of AEW? I thought I thought it was a, a swing and a miss of an episode. I was uh, I was very bored. No, let me ask you because I I brought this up on my other show, and um, what one of uh, one of my co-hosts agreed, but the however the other one uh. Disagree. Uh, did you think that this show was dragged, was dragging at certain points? Yes, um, largely, largely because out of the six matches, they had four tag team matches. Okay, and, so uh, so it wasn't just several of them were multi man tag team matches, which was which were really difficult to get through. Okay. So it wasn't no, just no. me then, because I, I told him, because I said, like, this man, this felt like it was dragging for me. Yeah. It was a, it was a very long, um, it would have been a very long two hours to sit through if I did not have the ability to, uh, to fast forward through it, because I watched it after the fact. All right, so um, we, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. So we... <laughs> We start out with the Hardy Party versus Dark Order and Adam Page. No, you know this is this is a miss for me. Um, you know I don't. I number one, 
Um, I don't know why Adam Page uh, would be wasting his time with the Dark Order. I understand that, that there's history there. Um, you know, they were kind of there to pick him up after his breakup with uh, BTE. But, um, you know, Adam Page has Superstar written all over him. And the Dark Order has just languished uh, since Brody Lee has been off TV. So I'm not really sure why um, the partnership is intact when really Adam Page should be a perennial title contender uh, competing in main events. So th this one was an absolute miss for me from that perspective. In addition to that, um, Matt Hardy having, um, you know, having this heel character where he's kind of uh, teasing, turning on a uh, private party. One, I don't like the I don't like the idea of Matt Hardy being a heel in um, in AEW because you know he's already said that he's not going to do you know all these gimmicks because he already tried to do um, the broken gimmick with no fans and that and that didn't work and then we saw we saw all of his other uh, gimmicks being rehashed at some point. And this is just another rehashing of his uh, big money gimmick. Um, and it's, uh, I, I just don't see it working. I wouldn't, especially when he showed that human side of him after he had his accident. Um, you know, I just, I just don't see a heel turn being a, a smart move. And I'd much rather see him as a, as a, like a Michael Hayes figure um, for, um, private party because you know i see big things for a private party and i think that they could really benefit from the tutelage of matt hardy at this point okay all right then then we had cody versus angelico and at the end we get team taz coming out to cut their promo and of course they have to announce uh, that Cody's going to be a new new dad. Well, first first and foremost, uh, congratulations yep. absolute, absolutely to Cody and Brandy. I'm, I'm very happy for them from a human perspective. That's awesome. And that baby is going to be absolutely absurdly good looking. And uh, the ladies and the boys will, will be all over that baby from day one. He will have no issues uh, in his life in that in his or her life in that department. I assure you. Um, but um, the, the other thing, the other thing too, is why did they have to announce it? It would have been very obvious uh, that that she was pregnant. But they announced it right after they did that vignette with Cody and Brady at home. <laughs> Right, so so they pretty much announced it twice. Yeah, and you know, I and maybe it's me, but like when when it comes to like really big things in life, and I, I'll even say this about you know Becky Lynch, um, when it comes to like really big things, I don't like the curtain being pulled back on that kind of thing. 
Because I, I think some things should just stay private. And, um, you know, obviously when the two are in the public, all right, we would have figured out that Brandy was pregnant and we would have been happy for her and they would have gotten the same level of congratulations. So uh, it, it, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea for that announcement to be made on a pro wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we had the Eddie Kingston promo and, it ended I love a, Eddie Kingston. It ended, I, with a, ended with a standoff between the fam, Eddie's family and the Death Triangle and uh, Lance Archer. Why is Lance Archer involved in it? That's 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 my thing. I well, mean, he, he, well, you know his story goes back to the Battle Royal because Kingston uh, eliminated him. Right, but that right, but that doesn't have to mean that he's involved in the storyline with Eddie Kingston and his estranged family, you know. Because every other player makes sense, but I'm like, why is Lance Archer in there? Because he's such a lone wolf character. Yeah. And then we had your least favorite match: the twelve men tag match. Oh, speaking of kill me now being the title of the show. Um, I I think that this is what I honestly took a bathroom break at this point. Uh, I just didn't uh, care. No, wait, wait, I have to ask you though. What do you think of Top Flight? Um, I really like them. Um, yeah. I uh, I could I could see them being uh, very impressive in the future, but for, the, for them being nineteen and twenty one, and to already have this level of an opportunity on the stage as big as AEW and to deliver to the point that they have, um, I'm very impressed and I'm, I want to see more of them. Then we had SCU versus the Acclaimed. See, and then, see, look, I like the fact that, that tag team wrestling is, is a point of emphasis in AEW. Um, I've been screaming for tag team wrestling to um, to become relevant since WWE completely forgot that it existed because a certain somebody soured on tag team wrestling so decided that it didn't exist anymore, which made me say, fuck you. Um, because I have always been a huge proponent of, of tag teams. Um, that... That and Lucha Libre have been two of my favorite aspects of pro wrestling from the get-go. Um, but when you have uh, when you have four out of your six TV matches being t- tag team matches, and there's not a tournament going on, um, or there's not some sort of logical reason. Um, for, for that to take up as much TV time, then that's when I start to question it. And aside from all of that, I, I really, I really cannot stand their overusage of um, the multi-tag team matches. I just, that has never been my cup of tea. Um, you know, I mean, unless it's like a TLC kind of thing, but that that's just not what they do. Okay, so let me ask you, the Well, Once again, I, I have not seen nearly enough of them. No, to, they're uh, new. They're new. They're, they're mostly been on dark. That's why. 
you know, seen them. But I yes. mean, from this uh, first impression that you got, what do you, what do you um, get? First, first, first impression, uh, once again, they were impressive. Uh, WWE, I mean, uh, AEW does a very good job of scouting their tag teams, clearly. Um, because... that, 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 that rap sucked. I'm, I'm sorry? That rap sucked. At the beginning when they were rapping... Well, yes, it sucked. I, I, I half think, I half expected Jeff Jarrett's uh, "Rabbit's Crap" music video to oh start, start playing. I'm not a fan of these guys. The acclaim, I don't like the acclaim. But that's me. Uh, and then after, after that, we had Big Swole and Serena D versus Diamante and Eva Lee. The boredom continues. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> there's nothing else I have to say about that. My God, Vicky Guerrero's kicks at the end were terrible. She should not be in a wrestling ring. Oh, my God. Okay, and then after, okay, and then uh, following that, we get our charming event, Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. Complete waste of time. I hated this match. I hated Don Callis on uh, doing his stupid commentary. I hated Kenny Omega doing his stupid commentary. I didn't like this match at all. No, I'm absolutely not. You know, um, I understand you're trying to establish Kenny as a heel, but you you've already done that. Uh, he has already he's already been on Impact for God's sake with with cross promotion establishing that he's a heel. You bought in Don Callis to uh, complete his transformation uh, into the cleaner again. Uh, we went over that last week on the show. Um, and, you know, it's just, you, you don't have to do this. And if you want me to take him seriously as anything other than a chicken shit um, heel champion, uh, then don't put him in the ring with Joey Janela of all fucking people because. You know, Joey, Joey Janela is fine. He's not my cup of tea, but, I mean, he's fine. But there's no way in hell that you're going to make me believe that Joey Janela is going to be Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. And, you know, if you want to have that match, at least at least put Kenny, um, put Kenny against a serious contender first, like uh, maybe uh, maybe you put Lance Archer in there, build him up again, or maybe you have uh, um, John Moxley get his rematch down the line at the next pay-per-view, and that's Kenny Omega's first title defense. But this was a massive missed opportunity to give that spot to Joey Janela, even though it is in a squash match, it's like why would you have a world title match be a squash match? The only the only time that that worked was was uh, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. I mean, but but that's Brock Lesnar and John Cena. This is this and this was obviously not that, so it just it didn't land for me. All right, now Ben, before we move on. I did a little bit of indie spotlight just on the acclaim, just for my own uh, curiosity. Cool. 
So we have Anthony Bowens, one half of the acclaimed. He was in NXT. He had one match against AOP on NXT in 2016. And was that it? That was it for him. Now let's take a look at his partner, his partner, Max Caster. Now you see even these names. They suck. These names, like I'm not, who, who's gonna remember these two? Just by those names. Yeah. So okay, so this guy, uh this guy doesn't have as much. He has WrestlePro and uh, NWN slash NWA and CCW on his resume. Oh god. So yeah. zone wrestling. Don't remind me. Combat have you seen combat zone? Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's is it all a whole bunch of death matches from beginning to end? Yes. Yeah, not my kind. Not my, I, my thing. You know, it was it was it was weird. I, I think I must have been between the ages of nine and twelve. I can't I can't remember. But I was a young kid, and I went to the video store. And I happened to see Combat Zone Wrestling, and obviously I didn't know. On video? Yeah, but obviously I didn't know that it it was that kind of wrestling. I just thought it was a new company that I hadn't seen before. And I I turned it on, and I watched it, and to my credit, I didn't throw up or, you know, cry for mommy. But I'm like, holy shit, this this is not entertaining at all. I didn't, I didn't even know they they had a video back then. Because uh, uh, when I when I went to video stores, all I ever saw was WWF or like the yeah that basically that's pretty much all it was was WWF. All right, so uh, we are going to move on to our SmackDown review, Ben. Yes, and uh, once again. Um... Roman Reigns and uh, Jey Uso and uh, Kevin Owens uh, stole the show because in my book, those were the only watchable segments of the show. Of course, you know, Bianca Belair uh, being in the ring with Bailey, that was another highlight. Um, But we'll just um, just run you through it and then I'll get your opinion of it as well. So... (laughs) Right off the bat, Elio, I have to ask you why. Because, and I, th- I bet you, I bet you know where I'm going with this. Ford and Dawkins against Ziggler and Rude for the tag team titles, and it ends in a DQ match, which obviously means we're gonna get him them again for the second time in three days at TLC for the tag team titles because WWE doesn't have anyone in their fucking tag team division, so why the fuck do they have tag teams? Just merge the fucking divisions, and then you actually have a credible tag team division, and then we wouldn't have to see the same match in two in two occasions over three days. Get the fuck out of here now. This I don't understand why they do this. It's it is so asinine. Save the match for the pay-per-view. That's the purpose of a pay-per-view. You build the match up, and then you have the payoff at the pay-per-view. Am I missing something? 
Nope. God damn. <sighs> Jesus. You know, I mean, I have to see Dolph Ziggler in a dad hat. Give me a fucking break. (laughs) And they try to pass him off as a heavy metal guy. I think my dad's more heavy metal, and he's in his mid-60s, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus Christ. (sighs) Moving on to avoid having an aneurysm. So, oh, God, this this reviewer is... thinks this match was well executed. Fuck you! <laughs> Which one? This, the tag team? Yeah, he thought this, this was a good match. Screw you. Get, get the fuck out of here. Okay. What are you watching, you dumb you know, dumb dumb? Well, no. um, Bleacher gave it a B minus. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> We, we know Ble- we know Bleacher Report rubs elbows with WWE, so that doesn't surprise me. Um, anyway, uh, match number two. Uh, the Riot Squad versus Billy Kay and Tamina. Oh, this Why? was bad. This was bad. Why in the name of Christ? And I am not a religious man, but I, I wish we had... I wish you were in your room right now so that we could turn to the cross and fold our hands and ask whatever God is above us why WWE does this to us. Why? First of all, to, to have to state the obvious, Billy Kay and Tamina are not a tag team. That's number one. Nope. Number two, even though I hate the Iconics, if you're going to break them up, why are you putting Billy Kay back in a tag team situation? Uh, number three, uh, why would you why would you submit uh, or subject the Riot Squad to this, even though they got the victory, thank Christ? You know, it's just, it doesn't do anybody in the ring any favors because nobody gives a shit. I guarantee you one of two things happened for every wrestling fan watching this that wasn't responsible for doing a podcast directly after the show. One, they took a bathroom break. Or two, they changed the channel to see what was going on on Friday night television. I mean, you're you're better, you're much better off watching, watching Guy Fieri or a hunting show. This uh, match got a got a D. It's, well, good because it's fucking atrocious. Yeah, I was terrible. Okay, go and on. Then, speaking of fucking atrocious, we get a recap of Carmilla and Sasha Banks from last week. Carmella heads down to the ring for a toast on social on Sasha Banks. Now, before we get there, I have to ask you something. Okay. Um, what is Carmella's gimmick? She's untouchable. Well, yes, but but based on how she's dressed and how she presents herself, this is a. I would say this is supposed to be either Lana or um, Emma, Emma Lina, or oh, yes. Eva Marie. Oh, oh God! And speaking of Eva Marie, not to make your Friday night any worse, but apparently she's coming back. 
Okay. I don't know when and I don't know why, but apparently Eva Marie is back to haunt our very dreams. Okay. Well, I'm going to guess that uh, this gimmick is either Emelina or uh, Lana when uh, Lana was doing that uh, dancer thing or whatever but, it was. But, he, but here's, the, here's the thing, right? And, and look, what I'm about to say, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I'm just legitimately curious. So it's a cross between trying to be a high society lady, but coming off as a stripper when she does that entrance. I mean, literally, she yeah, has that, new, yeah. Her, her new entrance, she has new music. I mean, literally, with the with the silhouette, it looks like the teaser for a for a WWE Divas Undress special. Yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, I noticed that tonight. I'm like, what? I mean, that's exactly what Tori Wilson used to do when she used to come out in her bikinis. I mean, she she did the she did the whole thing with with uh, Lillian Garcia behind the um behind the silhouette thing, singing her her theme. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and see, I gave you an example, so I'm not just being a dick. I say that for a reason. I gave you, you know. We do our homework here on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast for students of the game. You know, but I, I just don't understand it. And then, and then she needs booze to feel better about herself. Number one, that's, that's not a good selling point for the children that are subjected to this show. Oh my God, you know what? I just saw that. WV is directed toward children and we're drinking champagne on TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and speaking, speaking of that, somebody did an ingenious thing. They, they zoomed up on the... Uh, on the on the brand of the champagne, and while I can't while I can't remember the name of it, they uh, they then researched the price and snapshotted it on Twitter. Guess how much that champagne is? Oh no, how much? Eight ninety five a bottle. <laughs> and that's not eight hundred and ninety five dollars, ladies and gentlemen. That is eight dollars and ninety five cents. I thought I thought Carmel only drank the best champagne. Well, and, and which this is completely counterproductive to her gimmick. Uh, which you know, I I don't know if she's supposed to be stripper or high society. I guess she's I guess she's untouchable and she's supposed to look like a stripper. I don't but, I don't know. But, and, but, and, uh, but again, SmackDown WB is is apparently directed towards kids and they're having this. I, I don't know. <laughs> I I honestly don't know. So, uh, but but that's all. I'm sure we're gonna take some heat for you know being sexist or whatever. We're not being sexist. We're just asking legitimate questions. I'm trying to understand where they're going here, but I'm not I'm not getting it yeah. at all. Um. By the way, this one got a B plus. Shut up. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> well, someone's horny tonight. Although you know what, I did like uh, Sasha Banks beating up that idiot or whatever that comes out with Carmella. Oh yes, Joey the uh, the oh, Tommy. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tommy the. Uh, 
Um, Somalier. Somalier, yes. <laughs> I'm still having flashbacks to last week's show. Oh, <laughs> when, uh, when Google gave us the <laughs> complete opposite definition slash explanation to what we were expecting. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. We have a cameo from Google right here on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Um, but uh, match number four was Bianca Belair versus Bailey. This was a, definitely the second of two highlights on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you missed orders for Shinsuke, but do we really want to well, talk about it? Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, that's why, that's why I said, do we really want to talk about that? No. no. No, because oh, Otis won the match, but yet, yet Chad Gable uh, complained to him backstage because he didn't win it correctly because he wasn't he wasn't following um, Chad Gable's instructions, even though he told him not to do the caterpillar and. Otis did not do the caterpillar on on Chad Gable's instructions, just as he asked him to, because he told him not to do it. Uh, and yet, Otis gets blamed for following instructions, and it was a test, and Otis failed. And, uh, I my, my, hold on, hold on, hold on. Then we have the semi awards. Oh, fuck. you know, I as a wrestler, I enjoy Sami Zayn, uh, but. This was so stupid. We knew that he was going to win every single category, and we knew right off the bat that Big E was going to come out and, and commandeer one of the awards. We get it. It was a Sami Zayn kiss my ass thing. Get, get the fuck out of here. Uh, <clears throat> so then the main event, or, or um, the, uh, the main segment of the evening, I should say, was... Uh, Roman Roman wants Kevin Owens taken out before the pay-per-view. He doesn't want to see him, so he, he, he sends Jay to do his dirty work. So throughout the show, we see Jay yeah, yeah. attacking KO backstage. Um, apparently, Jay is incapable of uh, accomplishing a single task on his own because... Um, Kevin comes hobbling out at the end of the night, only to be put through two tables, one via a spine buster from Jay and one via a Samoan drop from Roman Reigns, after which they pile a bunch of chairs and ladders on top of him and proceeding to hit said stack of ladders and chairs over and over again with steel chairs from that pile. Just kill me now. I you know they they use three tables. They bury the guy, and they so so they use they put him through two tables. They try to use another one. They they beat him with chairs and and ladders before burying them in before burying the man in them, and and beating him with more chairs after this is already completed. So now, in two days' time, you expect me to believe 
that Kevin Owens, even though he's a great champion in, in the past, um, is going to come back and beat these these same gentlemen two days after all of this was done to him? Yes. P- please. <laughs> this, I just had to. This once again just fuels my fire for the for the indignities that WWE puts their fans through by setting us to believe that that Kevin Owens has a chance in hell after that. When we already knew that Kevin Owens wasn't going to win before that, based on how Roman Reigns has been presented since he came back from his coronavirus exodus. I mean, am I missing something here? <sighs> All right, and uh, speaking of uh, two days from now, that brings us to our TLC uh, predictions. Okay, let's go bottom to top, my friend. What's up first? All right, so let me get the matches here. So first we have, for the tag team, the Raw Tag Team Championships, the New Day, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods versus the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. The New Day. Yeah, of course. They're, they're, they're not going to... For some reason, they love the New Day, so I'm going with the New Day on this. Yeah. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, Sasha Banks versus Carmella. Please, Sasha Banks. Yeah, they have to give Sasha Banks because they can't have her losing this soon. She just won yeah, it. Exactly. Okay, for the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. I'm going with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, absolutely. Only a jackass would believe Kevin Owens has a chance in hell. For the Women's Tag Team Championships, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Asuka and... Okay, who who's her partner gonna be? I don't know. I I don't care. I'm still assuming it's gonna be Lana. Okay. I you know what? Who? I'm either gonna go Mandy Rose or Dana Brooke. Who gives a fuck? What 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 history does you have to this is what you have to do tomorrow night. You have to pick one. It doesn't matter if you don't give a fuck. You have to pick a winner and place your bets. Well, and, and I will, and I'm still going to do my due diligence on our show and pick a winner, but it's going to be Asuka and her partner. Okay. I'm going the same. Then we have The Fiend versus Randy Orton in a Firefly Inferno match. I'm going to go with The Fiend. The, yeah, The Fiend. Absolutely. Then we he, have... He can't uh, lose a match that's specifically named for him. How stupid would that be? Then, then we have in a TLC match for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles. Oh. It's got to be Drew since he just he just won. Yeah, he just don't want it back. So yeah, it's gonna be Drew, and then I can see a rematch between these two. Which I which I wouldn't mind, but I just I just wish that some of these matches were less predictable. All right, so that is our predictions for TLC. Ben, we see you bring the show to a close. Absolutely. All right, fans, TLC this Sunday night. Try to we'll enjoy it. We'll be we'll be back on Tuesday with our our recap as well as that being the final show for the year. Ben, 
I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is PCB Tourism Podcast. And, ben. And, and thank you for a great show and a great year. And we'll and we'll see you on Tuesday um, for the for the final a curtain call of the year to, right. to steal gold dust gimmick. We will talk to you all then. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over